This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. My name is Chuck Olmstead, and we're at Patriots Landing here in DuPont, Washington. And with me today is Carl Knack. And Carl, you were a Sergeant First Class E-7 in the U.S. Army back in Korea. Is that correct? Correct. I was a draftee. You were a draftee? 1952. 1952. So I want to go back and hear a little bit about your story. You grew up around here in the Seattle area? Out in Oregon, out in the Puyallup Valley area. Wow. So what year was what year were you born then? 1931. 1931. So I'm one of nine. One of nine. So you were kind of a depression baby. Correct. Yeah, born uh, during some of the during, tough parts of the depression. Right. What was right. life like back there when you were five, six years old? Do you remember those times in the yes, in I the do. valley? Yeah. Uh, well, and when I was born, it was in 29, 30s. My dad went to build an ore wagon in Nome, Alaska. And that wasn't he worked down in the States, and he went to Alaska and worked, worked the summers. Then we had a farm in Washington, out to Oregon, Washington. Uh-huh. And that's where we grew up and went to school. So when your father would go up to Alaska, of course, he would leave the family back here in Washington. Yep. And he'd go up there, there for the summers. Correct. Yep. And what, would, what did he do up there? He drove an ore wagon. Okay, so... Uh, he called gold ore. Gold ore. Mm-hmm. So working up in the gold mines up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what was life like for you as a young boy in the Puyallup Valley there uh, in, the, in the 30s? Well, it was, it was tough. There was nine of us. We didn't have a, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but huh. we had a farm. At least we, we knew we'd learned how to work. Uh-huh. We'd raised enough we could eat. Yeah. And you were one of nine. So what was what was uh, what was what were you growing out there on the farm? We had berries and, and uh, cows. Uh-huh. Had cows and sold sold canned uh, milk. Yeah. And cream. Well, I suppose even as a young child in those days, especially with your father being as busy as he was, um, you had to learn to work as a young as a young lad. I could milk cows at ten years old. Wow! Wow! What a story. It was a good story. Matter of fact, I have the ladder, a lantern in my in our our place here that I carried to the barn when I was a kid, ten, twelve years old. Interesting. Yeah. So then, of course, uh, back in '31. So you would have remembered, obviously, the start of World War II and the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Was that part of your memory uh, yes, back then? Yeah, because my older brother got drafted. I see. So he got drafted into World War II. He was in Germany, yes. Yeah. In Germany, yeah. Was that tough? Now, you mentioned to me your name is Karl Kanak, and which is a German name. Was there some animosity towards your family of being of German descent? Well, yeah, because my mom and dad, they had a register, you know. And uh, at that time, and it was kind of surprising that my brother being, my mom and dad were both born in Germany, that he got shipped to Germany. Mm-hmm. That's which is very, very unusual. Yeah. Did he know the but, language? Was that one of? The, well, did yes, he know German? Yeah. My folks did. Yeah, I didn't. I, I did, but I forgot it. Yeah, but your brother, but your brother could speak German, so right. yes. th- they might have used that during the war because he was he was a German speaker. Possibly. Yeah. But he he was in the fighting over there, and he made it back home. 
Yeah. So during World War II, you would have been uh, 12, 13, 14 years old. Right. And uh, so what was life like then uh, during the war? A lot of rations going on? It was, yeah. And I remember having to turn the blackouts and stuff, the houses and stuff. And uh, it wasn't, uh, we didn't have a car because my, my dad was gone anyway in, in the summer, in the wintertime, and had a Model T, and that was it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of people realize, having grown up in the Midwest, there wasn't that much discussion about blackouts because we were in the middle of the country and there wasn't as much concern about the Japanese attacking, you know, from the the West Coast. But here in Washington State and and Alaska especially, that was certainly a a big concern, wasn't it? Close to, not too far from Fort Lewis and Mm -hmm. Army Base. And that's very possible. Yeah, yeah. So graduated from high school. 1949. 49. And uh, so you had a couple of years before you went into the service. What happened between high school and service? When I got out of high school, one thing when I graduated, our, uh, let's see, he was our teacher, our runner and head of the class. And I had him write in my annual. And he wrote in there, the kid most likely not to succeed. <laughs> I tell you, that hit home. I guess so. So that made me determined. And I was, I met, I met my wife when I was 17 years old. And I, I determined, I said, when I'm, I was 18 years old. I said, when I'm 55, I'm going to, we're going to have it made and I'm going to retire. And we did. I retired and she quit. Interesting. At 55? Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But so, so after after high school, then you uh, you I, you I met your to, wife. Did you meet your wife then? I was still in school. You were still in school and met her, and her name is Mary Lou. Mary Lou. 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 You call her Lou. Lou. And so she was a beautiful young lady, mm-hmm. and you fell in love. And when did you get well, married? Oh, well, she was fifteen. I was seventeen. We got married in fifty-one. Wow. So. And when I got out of high school, I, I, I started a carpenter apprenticeship. I went to trade school uh-huh. in Tacoma, Bates Vocational School, for four yeah. years. Worked in the daytime, went to school two nights a week. Interesting. So tell me about getting drafted for the Korean War. What was that like? That was something else. We were going, we were going together, and I had some money, a little money saved, and had a new car paid for. I had a good prospects of a good job. So we we was going together and bingo, I got called down for the draft. I was twenty years old. I was called me in. I was four F. I had high blood pressure. Uh huh. So I thought, well, forget that one. So we we get, decided to get married. We were married for about what, eight, ten months. I I would say. Mm-hmm. We started. We built our own house right after, and. Bingo! I got called for the draft and went. Even of, even though you were four F. Uh, no, that I, the, the first time, the second time they called me. Uh huh. I went back in for another physical. And, and your blood pressure I was, was down. One, I, my blood pressure. <laughs> I was one A, and <laughs> I was a good soldier. There you go. Yeah. So you got drafted into the army in 1952. 52, and so sent directly to Korea after basic training. In Camp Roberts, California. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So tell me, tell me a little bit about where you served in Korea. What? 
Where where did you serve in Korea? What uh, what part of Korea? On the DMZ. Mm-hmm. Up there for over seven months. I see. I went over. I was just in the forty fifth, and I was the uh, I was the second ammo bearer and the machine gun squad. And in four or five months, I was a platoon sergeant. Wow. Made E six, and then I made after about the time the war ended, I made E seven. So was there much uh, much uh, skirmishes going on in the DMZ at that time, or had things nasty. quieted? Yes, was it? Nasty. Yeah, yeah. In fact, one of our last interviews that we did was uh, a gentleman here at Patriots Landing who had been mm-hmm. on uh, in Porkchop Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, had had uh, battled there in the in the Korean War at Porkchop Hill and had gotten yep. wounded there. And so I'm sure you had a lot of buddies that uh, you knew from that I, era. I lost some good ones. Lost some good friends. Even in high school, there was five of us out of my class that didn't. Five didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. So, so were you there until the end of the war? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't come home till 50, 54. 1954. Yeah, Before, yeah. The war ended, and uh, I was in the in the forty fifth division, and they broke it up, and then I went to. And after the war was over, I was in the 5th Regimental Combat Team over there. I see. I see. Just the regiment. Yeah. It was all infantry. Uh-huh. On maneuvers. And I had my time of Korea due, but I, they were, what are they going to do with me? Just send me back to the States. I'm still the draftee. Mm-hmm. So they kept me over there, and I trained, I trained troops. I see. Yeah. Well, so the war ends, and you come back to your beautiful bride of a few years. And so, what uh, what happens then? I see we build a house. I went. I was still going to school, mm-hmm. trade school, working in the daytime. And let's see. We oh, I came home. We had a fourteen month old daughter. Oh well, that yeah, that yeah, that happens. Yeah, and beautiful her, daughter. Beautiful yeah. daughter, and her yeah. name is Deborah Lynn. Deborah Deborah Lynn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got out of man. I hope Deb didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure she understands. She yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So then, so then we we sold we finished that house that we had. Could we just when I left, we had the front door and the back door and the bathroom door and plywood on the floors. Wow. And so and so you worked on the house with my Yes. So she got to live did she live there that whole yeah, time so, you were yeah, gone we so didn't have to pay rent on that Yeah. on that big money you make, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then after after the war and you came back home and your little I family went back there to work for the same contractor that I was working for when I when I got drafted. Uh-huh. And then in 1957 we incorporated and let's see, I was still going to school, and let's see, and this, he gave me some good offer, too. I wouldn't have made the, had the education with him. I have to thank Charlie Skinner, my, my employer at that time. I worked uh-huh. for him for 15 years and never missed a payday. Wow. And we and that's pretty good for construction, not yeah, missing yes. a payday. I mean, yeah, you big, know. It was big commercial work. Right. House, bridges, that kind of stuff. Right. Not houses. And he was just uh, super to me, but in 57, we incorporated. Uh-huh. And then in 66, we got in a little discussion and split the sheet. company got a hold of me and sent us to Alaska for 30 years. For, sent me up to Valdez 
1966 to build a four-store in the new town of Valdez. Interesting. Which is quite an honor. Yeah. And we stayed it, 30 years. 30 years in Alaska? We came back in 96. Really? I Some retired good, in 86. Uh-huh. Some good money to be made in Alaska in those years, I'm sure. I had sure. the best job in the world. Yeah, uh-huh. I was the superintendent up there. Uh-huh. So I, I was a union carpenter. I see. But I carried a card. And, uh, well, I, you you got to tell me, what's it like in the Alaskan winter in the in December when there's hardly any light out? That has got to be the most depressing it, thing to me in the world. Yeah, it is. You, yeah, you got about three days and three hours of dusk. Uh-huh. You know, and you get up in the in the in the dark and come home in the dark and How are you working in that? I mean you just got giant I, lights I and you're I had I had big I was building big jobs, do pretty good big jobs. Uh-huh. And I would get all of the outside work done by October mm-hmm. and we worked inside all winter and finished it. I never missed any time up there. Interesting. Not twenty I worked twenty years up there. Yeah. Eighteen down in Washington and and twenty in Alaska. Interesting. And so you had a chance to retire. Well, you, now I'm doing the math. So you retired, and then you stayed in Alaska for a while. Yeah, we did. And, and then we went. We, we snowboarded. Uh-huh. Went to bought a place in Arizona. Uh-huh. And we drove for nine years. Had a motor home. Drove from Fairbanks to Yuma for up and back for nine years. Wow. So d- d- you did the Canadian high, uh, highway all the way up into Alaska, all the way up. Yeah. 4,000 miles one way. Incredible experiences. Yeah. What did you like best about Alaska? The people. We hunt and fished. We hunt and fished. Mm-hmm. And uh, the winters were tough, but the summers were great. And I got, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to, I traveled all over the whole state. We went, you know, in Ketch. I was sitting five years building in Ketchikan for five years. I went to Kodiak, Dillingham, Wrangell, all over. And it was it was an opportunity. It was a new challenge everywhere I went to. Yeah, yeah. And your family Kodiak, and it's it, you work. It's bedrock. You had to drill and shoot the foundations, and then you go to some places else and be be muskeg. There's no bottom to it, and it was. Um, yeah, yeah. So then yeah. you come back here to Washington State after mm-hmm. that. Nineteen sixties nine. Nineteen eight, yeah, yeah. So tell me about uh, coming to Patriots Landing. How long have you been here in Patriots Landing? Be Sunday, be nine months. Nine months, and how? What what brought yeah. you here? What did you, what made you decide that you wanted to come to Patriots Landing? Well, I got, I'm a hundred percent disabled, uh-huh. and I it I just we had a place in Lacey, and I just I just couldn't take care of it anymore. Uh-huh. I got a few physical mental problems, or not mental. Physical problems, and I just couldn't take it. We had to, we got to do something different. Uh-huh. And when uh, so we talked to Julie, something through the Choice Program anyway. Out that she helped the veterans find a place. So she hauled us around to a couple, three different places to look at. Uh-huh. And we ended up we ended up here. Well, I think you made a good choice. You and like it here? We yeah, we got a nice two bedroom, second floor. We just very happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a nice, Met lots of nice people. Nice place to be. If and if you, yeah, if you were gonna tell somebody why they should come and visit Patriots Landing, what would you say to them? If the people are fantastic, 
it's a good safe building you know, you know any for fire or anything like that i don't care what it is the grounds are kept up the f- i haven't lost any weight you know? <laughs> good food <laughs> <laughs> and but the people we've met a lot of people so and you know what you don't want to burn any bridges yeah, yeah you never know yeah we just met one lady a while back that who's who said i want to talk to him well he happened to that down in Pellup that he he managed one of the grocery stores that I built down there, so you you just you just don't know. Yeah. Well, Carl, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for this interview on Answers for Elders, and uh, we love meeting the veterans and hearing their stories and hearing about what life was like back in 1935 and 36 in in the Puyallup Valley, and and um, we've been speaking with Carl Knack. He was Sergeant First Class E-7 in the U.S. Army back in the Korean War, and thank you for your service. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E.com. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.